See, I was in a joke there because the film's called Mute. I was just being quiet. If I really wanted to commit to it, I'd learn some sign language just just for the intro. Just you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what Jigawatt says in sign language. I don't know if Jigawatt has a. You'd, you'd have to spell it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe just electricity. You... I'd maybe just substitute electricity. In. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I I used to know some sign language when I was younger, but I forgot it a long time ago. Uh, I think I know bullshit. <laughs> that one's memorable. Ah, yeah. But that's about it. That's about it. Yeah, we're talking we're, we're 1.21 gigawatts. We talk about movies. We're going to talk about Mute, which is the new Duncan Jones film. Went straight to Netflix. It's a Netflix original. And it stars Alexander Skarsgård as well as Paul Rudd. And you've got uh, Justin Thoreau in there as well. So you get, get some notable names. Uh, the biggest thing here, of course, is that Duncan Jones uh, directed Moon, which is an absolutely fantastic film, which we've never talked about uh, in depth. I'm sure we'll do that in, in Flux someday. Seems like yeah, a... it's it's popped up on a few of the lists that we've done now, yeah. so it's it's bound to appear as a feature length one day. Yeah, and then lately his second film, Source Code, will also pop up at some point because that's also very good. Not as good as Moon, but very very not good. as good, but still very good. And then he went away for five years because he was working on Warcraft, and I didn't like that at the start of the journey when he was working on Warcraft because I had no interest in Warcraft. But I thought, oh, maybe he'll make still make a good film. And then it came out, and everyone was like tearing it apart. I thought, well, I wasn't interested anyway, so I don't even want to see it now. Yeah, it was Warcraft. It was like, yeah, well, we didn't really expect too much from it. Yeah, but I was like, all right, he's going back to a lower budget sci-fi film, and even better yet, they, like it was announced last month, or it's coming next month. You know, Netflix are putting it out uh, really soon. I'm like, okay, great, 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 great. So exciting. So we're going to talk about this. Uh, we'll start spoiler free, as we always do. Uh, the the basic premise of Mute. Uh, Alexander Skarsgård plays a bartender called Leo. It is set in the future, we're in like a sort of cyberpunk essay. Uh, but a lot of that recently, actually, with Alter Carbon and you know Blade Runner twenty forty nine. There you go. Yep. Uh, it was just a few months ago. Uh, it feels longer than that, but it actually was just a few months ago when you stop it, and think it, about it's it. It's because that was the first one of these returning trends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it, you know, we had Philip uh, K. Electric Dreams as well, which had a couple of those episodes. Ah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so here, bartender, he is mute. He cannot speak. Uh, he can't hear. It. He's not. He's not deaf. He's just. He just can't speak. He's. he's uh, he had an injury as a kid, and his yeah. vocal cords were uh, damaged. So he. He uh, cannot speak. He's fallen in love with this woman. Who we got a sweet romance at the start, but then she goes missing, and the movie is largely about him trying to find. He's basically doing. He's not a detective, but he's basically doing detective work, trying to track down yeah. uh, his girlfriend. That is the the, the basic premise. Uh, admittedly though there's also the Paul Rudd character uh, Cactus and his friend Duck who are very separate uh, to begin with also doing yes. their own plot they, they are they work for the mob they basically they're actually doctors but they can like patch up people uh, yeah they're ex-army doctors but now they yeah. work for the mob yeah well one of them does uh, uh, Cactus does Paul Rudd he, he works for the mob uh, and then his friend Duck actually does uh, like prosthetic limbs you know advanced stuff cause he's a paediatrician I believe yeah uh, but every time you see him, though, he's he's doing like fake legs and he's doing. Yeah, all yeah. These it always things. seems to be for kids. Yeah, when, yeah. When but I, mean, it, so. I think it's more specific than that, though, because he's not just like he's treating. No, no, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's all, it's all because uh, he's even got that big device in his office, which is like a, you know the 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 omni treadmill for for yeah. testing their their speed. Yeah, no, you're right. So it's it's, it's a very specific uh, uh, field. So. That, that's, your, that's your general kind of what's going on, and I think anything more than that would probably be diving into spoiler territory. So, uh, so I guess I'll, I'll ask the question and again. We love Moon, fantastic. Yeah. How did you feel about Mute? Uh, 
Oh, I hated it. It was awful. <laughs> I, I think it's atrocious. <laughs> so it's funny, I did not know the consensus before I watched it. And afterwards, I thought, I'm going to write tomatoes. I want to see what it's at. Write tomatoes. There's not been a lot of reviews, admittedly. But what there have been, it's at like 6%. <laughs> oh, really? I, I, I thought it was me being weird for something. Oh, maybe. But, but no, um, okay. Honestly, I thought I was going to come in here possibly being the more negative one. It turns out I'm the more positive one. And I'm not that positive. I'm just I'm just not quite at hate. Oh, give it time. I'm not quite at hate. Well, you, uh, let me change your mind. <laughs> you may change my mind. Uh, as it stands, I think there's some ideas I really like. There's some moments I really like. Clint Mansell's got a great score because, you know, he's Clint Mansell. Yeah, that's the best part of the movie. But, but yeah, I'll, I'll, there's a couple of really nice sweet moments that I enjoyed. Uh, but it is a goddamn mess. Uh, the two plots that are going side by side feel so far apart that it feels like I don't know why we're cutting to the other one. And then it almost to the point where there'll be scenes with with Cactus and Duck. They go on for so long that I'll forget. Oh yeah, the movie's about the mute guy trying to find his girlfriend. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's like they do intersect at points. But when they do, it kind of feels like, oh, I guess these should intersect. And then when the movie ties them together in the second half, which you know it's eventually going to do, it has to, otherwise what's the point of having both stories? It feels like such a forced thing. It just doesn't, it, it just it, clashes. It feels like, like two separate movies and they went, oh shit, these need to connect. And then there's an entire subplot, uh, which we'll save for spoiler territory, but I don't know why it's in the movie. Mm, it's, I think I know exactly which one you're going on. It's really, it's really, it is the... It is the most questionable representation of a condition that I may have seen in a film. Yeah, funny mildly. With some really absurd uh, moments within. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to that again in spoilers. Um, and I, obviously, I, I'm heartbroken. I'm disappointed. Oh, like, uh, I'm, I'm crushed. I, I, well, I, I was, I was like, Duncan Jones is back. He's doing a sci-fi movie. You know, I like the premise, I like the idea of a mute main character for, for a number of reasons. Um and he's fine. Like the mute main's character's fine. Uh he's got he's got like a weird like they have the whole Amish backstory for him, which is fine in the sense that it's a plot device as to why because they can fix his vocal cords. They've got the technology to fix it. But because of his mother's beliefs it doesn't happen, right? That's kinda like oh that's why he's Amish. But I thought when the movie starts with an Amish proverb on the screen, I thought, oh, we're going to be delving into you know his past and like it, how he clashes with the modern world, that, and there's like uh, yeah. none of it. That that's okay. Some of my problems in a nutshell. This could take place in present day. There oh, it is could. Nothing yeah. in this that uses the the, the setting. That, no that, themes, that was a separate a single thing. Yeah, that was a separate complaint I was right. going to get to. Is it? Yeah, yeah. It, there's no but, reason why I, I delve into that with the Amish thing because it's like, well, you know that. Okay, so they're avoiding technology, but it's it's not just him that's avoiding technology. The whole movie just avoids it. Yeah, the whole movie avoids it. Um, I do like the idea of uh, delivery services that will deliver your food no matter where you are because it'll just track your phone. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah. that's, that seems nice. That's a nice idea. I'll take that, it. That's like the most, you know, like tech thing that we get in well, the movie. I think there was one thing at the end, debatably. Uh, okay, fair enough. But yeah, there's one. There's a plot thing at the end that does use technology. So, but if that's the justification, it didn't have to be cyberpunk. It could be set in the near future where this is just a new tech. Oh, easily. It's not yeah. that, you know, unbelievable, is it? It's cyberpunk because it wants to look at cyberpunk. And can I just say? 
I love cyberpunk worlds. I love the look of those cities. I, I love that setting. And why is it that almost every movie or TV show that has that setting is so plodding? It's always really slow and moody. No, they never... I'll, I'll tell you what it is. It's because they went, oh, look how nice this looks. And then they go, well, we don't really need to do anything with it. It's just, you know, the people are going to come because they like the aesthetic. I just... I want, like, something I love in a cyberpunk setting. And I, I'm looking to CD Projekt Red with, with Cyberpunk 2077. They're now my only hope. Because yeah. I didn't love Blade Runner 24. It's better than the first one. I didn't outright love it, though. I know some people do. I, I did, to be fair. But it has I, like, a tiny smidge of one character problem. But I, I, you, oh. know, I, I, you know, I, I, I did think it was over long. I did, I did, I did feel the pacing and the, the slowness of it. But it definitely was better than the original. And I, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie by any means. I still say it's good overall. However, I didn't love it. Right? I wanted to love it, and I didn't. Altered Carbon, I wanted to love it, and I didn't. Plodding, mind, you know, mind-numbing, you know, speech exposition of, you know, oh, that's this, you know, talk philosophy and narrate like a, a noir detective, except every single line, line of dialogue is just goopity pish that comes from mean, nowhere. I mean, that's something you say about this. No narration. <laughs> well, you can't. <laughs> which, which is, a, no, here's a point. Why... If you can answer me this, I, I will okay. you know, give the movie an extra point at the end. Okay. Why okay. is he mute? Because the main theme of the film is alienation. He is alienated from the world because, and we see multiple times in the film, he, he tries to interact with technology that only works with voice recognition. Uh, it's part of him being alienated, which, I mean, even without the voice te uh, recognition technology, that would still be the main theme because all the three main characters are alienated in some way. That's what kind of connects them all. Right, but I, I don't think it's justified to be mute. It doesn't use it in any meaningful way. I, I don't think there is any, uh, you know, anything that it gains by doing that. And uh, especially when it doubles up with the Amish thing, it's either or, I, I suppose, for the alienation. I, li I, li I like the mute thing more than the Amish thing. Uh, so I'll defend it in that sense. I just think it's a killer idea. But you're right, it doesn't use it. You're right, but... I have less of a problem with that because at least f that is the core idea of the movie for me was that the main characters mute. So it, it's whereas there's a lot of other things that feel tacked on, looked up from another movie. At least no, no, I think my problem is if that's the core idea of the movie, it should be doing something interesting with it. But well, it doesn't. Well, here's the thing: it goes away from him for like ten minutes at a time to tell the characters. Right, but even when it's with him, he just oh, I'll just ride down. It's fine. There's there's never any problem communicating with anyone. It's you know there's occasionally the the voice recognition. Things you know, like maybe twice, three times. Again, it's just, I, I think I know what he's going for here. It's, it's, it's the feeling of alienation because that's Doc's alienated because he wants to get back to his country, and then uh, that's not Doc, sorry, uh, Cactus. Cactus. Doc is alienated for reasons we can't talk about for spoilers, but he is definitely in a in a minority um, of some sort. So they're all alienated. I think that's what the point was. I think that the, the the theme of the movie was meant to be alienation, where everyone feels like that. Um. I'll admit that it doesn't really do anything with it, but that's the least of my problems. I, uh, I, I have way more problems with it not it not needing to be set in the future, because like, they do nothing with the fact that it's cyberpunk. Nothing. Not thing. Uh, it, it's really frustrating. But even just you know on the, the mute thing, the only time where it's like, oh, they, they could do something with it at the end there, like you know, where it's like, oh, okay, I can see the moment here with him being mute, where how this has you know payoff, and then it just doesn't do anything. I'll get into it properly in spoilers, but you know, there's there's clear moments mm. where I go, "Oh, this is why they they've got him mute," and then it's just, "Nah, forget about that." 
Yeah, there was never... There was never a moment where they really used it. I, that is a fair complaint, but that is at the bottom of my complaints. I I, I, I almost don't care about it because there's so much other stuff that's Oh, there, that's there's wrong. so many other problems. I just think it's a big problem when you know the title of the movie is mute. That's the premise is this man is, is mute. I feel like they should be doing something with that. Hmm, yes. Uh, more on spoilers. Um, you're debating things where I can't debate properly because we're in spoiler-free. Uh, yeah, that's fine. We'll get, we'll get into it in a bit. <laughs> so, um, right, so, so, so you, you got, you got, yeah, so you got the mismatch plots, you got them tying together, and it just feels like forced. Uh, and it does feel forced. Like, see when, they, see when they tied these together and they had the sort of the, the revelation moment where you got all the quick cuts of everything happening, and I was just kind of like, what, really? This is the solution yeah, to it, this? It was just like, oh, I guess these need to connect now. Yeah. It was weird. And the movie also lasts about 15-20 minutes longer than it needs to. I thought I was at the end, and I checked the time, yeah. and there was 20 more minutes, and I'm like, wait, what? Why? What was possible in these 20 more minutes? Yeah. You could you could cut... Honestly, Duck, you could cut that entire character out of this movie, and it would it would cut off the last 20 minutes for a start, and it would It would take be out, less problematic. It would take out all the problematic plot. Yeah, it would still be mediocre overall, probably, but it, it would take away the problematic stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Uh, do you know? I thought. I thought. You know. Obviously, the the three people. You know, the three leads. Their acting's great, but you know that that's to be expected from them. Yeah, I yeah. A lot of the side characters were, yeah, not so good. The, yeah, the 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 girlfriend in particular, I thought was pretty rough. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they were doing her any favors because she was she had really uh, cliched dialogue to to spout out. Yeah, she did. And her friend had some awful dialogue at the start oh yeah her friend was a stereotype uh you know flamboyant guy yeah number two some some (laughs) atrocious dialogue yeah um because she because she has all the i'll be honest at one point i thought they were going to tell us that she was a robot because i thought that was intentional like the way she was acting that it was going to be like she's a robot it didn't didn't do that um but like because her whole thing is like Oh, he's he's in love. This really sweet relationship, but she's secretly got ties to like the the crime that's going on. She might be a prostitute, and she may have this dark past. Oh, now she's in trouble. He has to go and like help. Like I don't know. It, it it's funny. Like like I say, I don't think I need to do something super like super like a, a big plot moment with the with the fact that he's mute. I didn't necessarily need that. Thematically, it would have been fine for me if it was just a thematic thing, right? That okay. would have been fine for me. However. <laughs> The plot we get is a mess of things that don't work together, and characters that, it, like, I mean, I, I think there's characters who are kind of fine on their own, to a point. Uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll put it this way. Like, the first half of the movie, Duck and Cactus, they're giving their scenes a lot of energy, if nothing else. So, you know, as actors, they're kind of, like, livening oh, up definitely. what they're yeah. doing. Um, unfortunately, you can't really enjoy that in the second half because when things take a bit of a turn, it's impossible to have a fun time with those two anymore. Yeah, they're they're both like awful people from the start. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they're kind of like uh, I like these actors. They're be they're, they're charismatic, even though they're awful. They're, they're still kind of fun to watch. Yeah, they've they've got this thing where uh, Thoreau keeps calling him babe, and they're not a couple. They're not, they're not a gay couple. They, they just have this no. this humor. But, I mean, with there's, each other. there's there's an implication that maybe in the past there was something. Uh, yeah, maybe I can't remember. I don't I don't recall such an implication, but I'll take your word yeah. for it. Uh, but uh, he he 
he yeah it's fine for the first half but then it goes down this path and all of a sudden like, you can't even enjoy the the silliness of them anymore because we're, we're going down a sp- very specific plot line yep and yep. It, it just ah uh, like i say there's some genuinely really sweet moments and i think the idea here, here's the thing right? so I, I i love a movie a, a korean film called uh, three iron and the 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 twist of that movie is that it's a romance, but the two characters who fall in love never say a single word to each other the entire film. Not because they're mute, just because they don't. They just don't. Just reasons. Because they're, they're just sad, and then they kind of fall for each other. And it's kind of the idea that you know the words will just ruin it. So they just it's just it's, it's it, but it's a really sweet movie. It makes for a lot of great moments. So first things first, girlfriend and I taking away most of her dialogue. Make her almost as quiet, just just because it fits the mood with him, right? And make it be a romance in silence. Do that for a sure. start, because uh, there are some sweet moments. Uh, whenever he tries to like scream and he can, like for example, I mean that usually is an effective little trick. Yeah. Uh, as we said, the music's very good. At one point, there's like a little cover of Heart Shaped Box, which came out of nowhere, and I was like, "Oh, I know this." Oh, <laughs> and then I started singing along to it. I was like, "Oh, that's Nirvana. What's going on?" Yeah. Uh, but hey, so it generally looks pretty good. It does. It uh, I can't fault the look. It's just uh, okay. It's, uh, it's the same as what we said about the like, carbon, though. It's like yeah, it looks pretty good. Here's the thing, though, with this person behind, with Duncan Jones behind it, this shouldn't be mediocre to too bad. This uh, it shouldn't. Sh- this should be at least good. I, I I'm wondering, is this okay? Because I know. Compared to traditional studios, Netflix are very hands-off. They're like, okay, here's your budget, you do you. Is this a case of, you know, he needed someone to, you know, and to edit and rein him in? Like, being like, hey, maybe, maybe this isn't the, the right direction. Maybe we should do something else here. I don't know. Uh, I do know that he's been trying to get this made his entire career. He's had this, yep. this story. I, I, I'm wondering if this is how it's always been in the script. I, I'm wondering, you know, maybe it should have stayed unmade. D- d- did he write this first before he got good? Is that is that what happened? Uh, yeah, could be. <laughs> is, is that possible? And not, not to get grim, but, you know, as the tragedies in his life in the last couple of years, have they impacted his work a little bit? Uh, yeah, we've we've seen it with other creatives before. Because uh, I know his wife was battling cancer. Obviously, obviously his father passed away in 2016. Yeah. So, you know, he's had a rough couple of years, uh, personally. And I, I don't know, like, it has has that, like, put him in a place where he's not I mean, at his he, best? I don't know. You, you Obviously, you know, you mentioned here that this has been something he's been trying to do for, you know, like a decade or whatever. Is it a case of it's it's been too many drafts? He's over-edited it himself? He's gone through, he's had too many ideas, he keeps expanding I, I actually, it over time. Honestly, that sounds more likely. I, I think it's a case where it's been so long that he keeps adding to it. And now he doesn't want. He thinks all the ideas on their own are great, but he doesn't. You know, he's, he's too t- close to it that he doesn't see that they all clash. And then right, exactly. Yeah. You, you, he's, he's not got that. You know, the, the ability to step back and look at it and, and yeah. go, okay, that's not working. In, I mean, it, it happens. Joe, you know the sad, the, the sad part is as well. Like, see if it went even further in that direction. Though, I think I would love it for a mess. Because every so often you'll get a creator who just like ejaculates all their ideas onto one film, and it will be a glorious, disastrous, but interesting and fascinating mess to watch. Yeah. But this doesn't quite hit that either. It's in this really awkward middle place where it's got some of that awkwardness, but it's still just mediocre on the other side of it. So it's not entertaining to watch necessarily the whole time either. Yeah, no, definitely. Whereas, you know, if, if this was... 
I don't know. Um, like, I don't want to say the room. I'm, I'm trying to think of other creators who actually are typically good, but they have that one kind of, no, I'm pouring every idea I've ever had into this thing, and it's going to be this glorious, mm-hmm. like, like almost imagine if like the final season of Twin Peaks was just a two-hour movie, like all 18 hours of it <laughs> was, yeah. was, was condensed into one two-hour movie. That That's what I'm kind of thinking of, like, like creators can do that, and that 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 can be this glorious but fascinating mess. Yeah. And instead, this wasn't that either. This was just there was mediocre with moments of what the hell was he thinking here? Oh, yeah. like the, the fact that I had to just you know about halfway, I just had to stop and take a break because I'm like I'm so bored, I need to stop and just you know get up and walk around, stretch my legs, not fall asleep. I didn't. But to be fair, the only reason why I didn't take a break is because I thought I'd be we'd be recording a little bit earlier. And I thought I was just, I, I thought I was crunched for time, so I thought I couldn't take a break. Uh, so yeah. take that for what for, for what you will. <laughs> yeah. Not necessarily by choice that you yeah. didn't take a break. Right? I, I just thought I didn't have time, so you know. Uh, all right, that's spoilers. So so yeah, full spoilers this. for for mute. Uh, shall we start with the the? I mean, it made mm. me smile, but. I'm like, did we need the moon reference? Probably not. The, the, the cameo where this is on TV, it's connecting. The, oh, this is the same universe as Moon, and we see multiple, you know, Sam Bell's at the at the court hearing. Um, I mean, it it made me chuckle, but then afterwards, I'm like, that felt a bit gratuitous. It, it didn't add anything. It was like, hey, look at this. Yeah. Hey, we got Sam Rockwell for a cameo. Like, I'm sure. Well, yeah, you're probably friends with him now, Duncan. Like, I get. <laughs> okay. Uh, and and you know he's he's you know he's he's a, a name, but it's not super huge that Netflix couldn't go. Hey, all right, we'll 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 chuck you a payday for you know, and, and you know it's, it's only a day's work. Yeah, yeah. It would it would be twenty minutes work if it wasn't for the fact that he was playing like multiple versions in the same. Yeah, scene. exactly. But it's still yeah. like it's a day's work. That's yeah, it. it's a day's work. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was a, that was a bit gratuitous, uh, but hey, so let's talk about pedophilia. Yep. Okay, We're jumping right in. I'll be honest; it's the most interesting thing, in a bad way, but it's the most interesting thing about the movie. Oh, it's horrendous, but it is interesting. Yeah. Like I don't know how this. So so early on, uh, Duck Justin Thoreau's character, who's who's got this silly blonde hair uh, in the movie. As well, does Paul Rudd have this ridiculous big moustache? Throughs is a, a young Steve Jobs. Yes. And then Paul Rudd has the big porn moustache. Yeah, <laughs> Something much. to that effect. Uh, he, so, he, early on, he, he cracks a couple of really awkward jokes about how he likes girls young, right? And it, it, it's icky, and it's like, oh, man, poor taste. But you think he's just talking about, like, you know, Girls who have just turned like eighteen and they're they're at that age it's, and it's they... a bit weird. He does the um the 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 dazed and confused line, but worse. Go on. You know the you know the, the really famous line in dazed and confused. It's like oh yeah, you know the the, the great thing about schoolgirls is that you know they always stay the same age no matter how old you get. Yeah, yeah, you age, but they never do. Yeah. Yeah, and he kind of has like a, a a worse version of it here. It's like you know uh, I can't remember what it was, but it ends with like oh and they're like you know and, and bold pussies. And then it does this really gratuitous upskirt shot of this schoolgirl at the bowling alley as he says it. Yes, yes, I, re- I recall that that scene, um, and it gets really. I mean, it's always creepy, but you're not necessarily sure if it's going full on whatever, right? And then you see him at the, the the brothel, and he's talking to the girl, and she's pretending she's sixteen, and then like the you know the madame's like, oh no, she's twenty two. Yeah, we uh, don't want any of that trouble. Yeah, 
and he's like, oh, "Don't spoil the the you know the the fantasy for me here, right?" And I was like, "Okay, whatever." Right, because he plays off because oh, make me feel sixteen again, and you kind of go, "Okay." They had the bowling alley at one point, and he cracks a joke because because obviously Paul Rudd's got a daughter throughout the film who's mute the entire film, by the way, as well. Uh, which I didn't actually notice immediately. It was kind of like just over time. It's like, wait, she's like not, oh yeah, she's not saying anything. She's not saying anything. This, yeah, so she kind of relates to old Leo. Uh, but he cracks a joke about, oh, you know, in a few years, the boys will be chasing after your daughter like this. And Paul Rudd, who's got a bit of an anger problem in the film, uh, like basically crushes his hand with a bowling ball. And it feels pretty justified, to be fair. It feels pretty justified, but then he sort of, like, oh, I'm sorry, like, put, put the beard next to it. And, like, oh, and he's like, oh, I just need to have a sense of humour. And it's, it's like, okay, you just joked about his daughter. His daughter, who's like, you know, what, seven? <laughs> yeah, seven. Something eight. like that, right? I'm like, okay, so where's this going? And then later on, Paul Rudd actually comes in to the his like his clinic he's, he's got his you know his, his doctor's office with his, his equipment and he does the prosthetics because he's, he's got like a wall behind him and all these different limbs and various yeah. things and he comes in and he looks into the the, 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 the little waiting changing room where, where his patients go in to like get changed for their procedures and whatnot and he sees like this footage there's like a, there's this camera set up and he, he plays it back a little bit and there's, there's a you know a young girl in, in the footage about to take her top off and he, he turns it off obviously he goes in and he checks and he checks the cameras and he goes in and confronts Stuck. And at this point, I'm like, I have no idea where this is going or what, what it adds to the plot. Because keep in mind, at this point in the movie, we don't even know how they connect to the, the main story yet. Yeah. But this is just a separate subplot at this point. So I don't know where this is going. And Paul Rudd grabs him and, like, you know, punches him and, like, makes a big, you know, like, you, you this is getting dangerous. You, you're doing this and, like... Uh, so this has got to stop. And Thoreau like, tries to deny. He's like, "Oh, what are you talking about?" And then he, you know, I've seen the cameras, I've seen the footage, and now, now you're acting on this. Like this is, you know, now you're doing this. You have to stop this. And he's like, "I'll try." And then he like punches him again. He's like, "Okay, I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. I won't. I won't. You know, I'll stop all this." And I'm like, "Okay, this, this became a very serious scene about him confronting his best friend about being a paedophile." And then they just kind of like, "All right, man. Oh, good news. Um, those passport papers that were coming in from the mob boss. Oh, he's got them. Let's go get them." He's like, "Yeah, let's go." And then it cuts to a scene of Thoreau on the back of the truck with his hands out, like, and they're, they're happy. I, I, they're partying. I was like, what's, what's going on here? Like, because I get, okay, he's confronting him. You know, this is a, a very reasonable reaction. And let's just add to this point. During the confrontation, he says, you're not allowed to treat kids anymore and you're never to go near my daughter. He says those words. So how does a father who says to another man his own age, you're not ever to go near my daughter because I think you'll try something and then the following scene is them like happy Going and out celebrating partying and drinking. Yeah, I don't get it. Like, because like I said, I got the confrontation. I was like, okay, I don't know quite why we're doing this, but I understand it. And I don't. And then it just flip flops. I don't care how close you are to another human being. I don't care if you did bond when you were overseas fighting somewhere. I don't care. The minute you think your friend might sexually assault your seven-year-old daughter, you do not party with them anymore. Oh my God. I can't believe that has to be said. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't get the thought process. And I sort of like went, maybe it'll make more sense later. Like maybe there'll be more scenes that'll clarify what's going on here or, you know, it'll make it make is some kind of sense. And there never is. Like and he just never really addresses it again. Like he's I, like, oh, hey, you know, yeah, you got to take the house. It's fine. You, until, you'll get it under control. Until, of course... Uh, Leo comes by, he finds out all the connections, right? Because it turns out Paul Rudd, like the daughter's actually his girlfriend, you know, Leo's girlfriend. Leo's girlfriend used to date Paul Rudd, 
uh, and the daughter's, you know, hers, and but you know, out of jealousy, basically Paul Rudd came over and like kidnapped her and killed her, uh, and that's what happened. She was dead the whole time. Every time, all this time he's been looking for her, she was already dead, uh, and it was Paul Rudd. And when that happens, I was like, wait, what? They were a thing. There was no setup for this whatsoever. Absolutely not. There's stuff afterwards that kind of like links it more in together, but like ever, before by that point, you're like, eh. Yeah, at that point you just feel like it was a rough reveal. It was like, oh, this is meant to be the twist. We'll get to that in a minute, though. Yeah. So, Leo comes over and he kills Paul Rudd, right? He puts a knife in his throat. And he's not quite dead, though. The knife's still... He's on the floor. He's obviously dying. But he's not quite dead because the knife's still in his throat all the way through. Uh, It's like a stab straight through the front to the back. This big butcher knife. Uh, it's because uh, it's Paul Rudd's knife. He's he's had it on him the whole time. He's he he threatened a few people with it. The various yeah, and he used it in the surgery as well. When he had to right. remove remove the clothes. Yeah, and so he's lying there dying, and then Duck, who you know didn't come back with him immediately, then comes home and says, "Oh, the door's been busted." In. Oh, what what happened, Cactus? Did you forget your keys? And he's you know again we're, we're playing this creepy comedy thing, and the daughter, by the way, during this stabbing, is upstairs. She's locked in her room upstairs in the house. Duck comes down, and there's a monitor in the basement where he does all these, like, yeah, you know, mob boss, you know, surgery work, right? So he's got a monitor in his basement of his daughter's room just to make sure she's always in a room safe while he's doing his, his dodgy work. Pretty reasonable parenting. I mean, for a, for a man who's working for the mob. <laughs> That's a pretty big thing to add on to that, for a man who's I, I, working I, I for the mob. I was just saying, he's working for the mob, but his priorities are there. His priorities are there to a point. Uh, he's still a awful father and should never have oh, a kid. Oh, he's an awful father. He's an awful person. Don't yes. get me wrong, but at least he's got the mindset to go, all right, I'm going to at least keep an eye on Can him. Can I just reiterate that he killed her mother out of jealousy and a rage one night? Can I just re- repeat that part? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I'm not saying he's a good guy. <laughs> right. But he's lying there dying and Duck says, oh, sorry, buddy. Like, there's nothing I can do. You're, you're done. And I can't take you to the hospital because they'll ask questions. And, and, and this shocked me because I thought at this point that the idea was, oh no, they can save him, but now he's going to be mute. Uh, it's, it's going to be mute v mute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, sure, sure. Um, I, I, maybe that's the thing. Instead, he, Doc seemingly actually angry at the at the confrontation earlier, at being accused of things, uh, at being told to stay away. Then decides to like turn the monitor around so that so that even though he's lying down, he can see that his daughter's in the room. And Duck just implies, well, I'll just go have to take care of your little girl then. It becomes a threatening act where Paul Rudd's there dying and his daughter's going to be looked after by someone who's a paedophile. That is that is the scene. Yeah, you have that scene where he goes up and I mean it's it's if if the if he wasn't a paedophile, it'd be fine. It'd be you know, he goes up, he's you know, says hello. He's clearly like the the uncle, so it's like this would be fine. Yeah, he would be the one probably looking after her after this if he wasn't. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) It was the Oh, it makes earlier scenes so much worse. You know, there's the scene in his doctor's office with the young girl, and he puts on the music and he dances with her, and it's like, Mm. oh my god, this is creepy as shit. It is. Jesus. Right, I, I like. And you can see, you know, because the gown, she's 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 got like underwear on under a gown, uh, but it's like flapping open at the back, and you can see him like staring in, like as she's on the the treadmill. It's like, what what is going on here? What what, what am I watching? So then, 
so Sapporo's dead, and, and Leo's got the dead body of his girlfriend back, and she, you know he's, he's he's having fun memories, and we do get the silent stream, which I, I, I do like that moment because it works, and that this is when Heart Shaped Box kind of kicks in. But then Duck comes out and like knocks him out and brings him in, and he actually gives him a a, a voice box. He actually fixes his uh his vocal cords with their you know with the tech. This is the one bit of tech that really gets used in the the, the movie from the future. Where, oh, we can fix this, and give him a voice, and. Seemingly, he does this just because he wants him to apologise. He wants to hear him say the words "I'm sorry" for everything he's done, even though yeah. he was mad enough at Paul Rudd that he is like he was like actively telling him, "Hey, I'm going to be alone with your daughter." That's what's going to happen now. Yeah, I guess. And I'm like, okay, so this is the, this is where I'm like, you could, if you cut Duck out the movie and the movie ends with Paul Rudd dying, and then Leo like, gets the daughter and like maybe he sees the because obviously he was making little carvings, right? And he was giving them to his girlfriend, yeah. and we find out at the end. That, she was giving them to her daughter in a bracelet. It's like, oh, okay, so and the, the, and because this is because the, the moment I do actually really like at the end is when the daughter shouts out, uh, you know, Leo, you know, please be okay, or whatever she says when he's like, in the water, right? Because because he ends up getting duck off a bridge, right? But then she shouts out, Leo, you okay? That's when it's like, oh, she's not spoke the entire time. This is a like, and then he speaks for the first time with these with his new and voice box thing. This moment's right, uh, fine. This is that's a good moment. That's a good idea. see I feel like this is a point where I'm like why has he got his voice back because I I get what you're saying there oh this is why he's been for the first time but uh, he's like go no get back it's dangerous I feel like okay no having that moment where okay this is where he can't speak where he's trying to save someone you know he's trying to do something actively and now he can't speak to save them that's where being mute comes into the plot and has impact yeah but it's too late for that now we're at the end he has to save the girl he's lost everyone else he has to save the girl I know, but it's like, okay, but what, why is... It just makes no sense to me. It's like, this is where the mute thing comes in, and it's, uh, we, we got rid of that now. No, 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 the moment itself makes complete sense to me. This is the actual... Like, if the rest of the film up until this point had been better, this would be a fantastic moment, where she speaks for the first time in the film, then he speaks for the first time in the film, and you get how they're relayed. Not only just because like, she was, you know, act, just kind of choosing to be mute, through, like, fear and anxiety or whatever, and he was actually mute, but through the idea that he was kind of forced into being mute by his parents' beliefs, even though they weren't that bad, they were just Amish, right? But because of what their parents felt, he had this life, and she was, like, having this pretty rough life because of who her dad was. And now he's going to become the dad, and he'll make it a better life for her because he's, you know, lived through a pretty shitty childhood. Uh, and I think, you know, I think that's a big part of what the movies might be about, especially since it ends with a dedication, for, you know, for, you know, uh, Duncan Jones' you know, loved ones who've passed away, and it says, for those who have become parents. So clearly parenting was a big yeah, theme of this. <clears throat> Why he chose to put a lot of pedophile stuff into this movie, along with that, baffles my mind. I don't get it. I, I don't. It just makes no sense to me. And like, again, to, to go back to uh, why, why is Duck in the movie, it's like, okay, so you know, the, the motivation for giving him the voice box, I feel like, you know, you're going, oh, it's so he can apologise. I mean, that's what they're saying. It's well, like, that's what I'm, yeah, I'm not saying I agree. Yeah, I'm no, saying no. that's what has, in the scene, yeah. that's what he's saying yeah. to him. Yeah. Like, why not go, no, 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 no. I'm, your religious beliefs are like, no, no, I'm not, you don't want this, so I'm going to punish you by forcing you to take it. You're going to have to live with this piece of technology inside you, even though you don't like technology. That's better. I still think Doc should just be cut. Uh, oh, I, I agree, but I'm saying if he's going to be there, at least have the motivation be he, good. Here's one part I did kind of like. I, I kind of liked how no matter every single angle that Leo looks for Nadir, like no matter what he does, Every single time, he hits a dead end. 
Like, he keeps thinking of new ideas. He goes to, like, one person, oh, then he finds her address, or then he finds, like, someone that she worked for for a night, and every single time it ends in a complete dead end. Um, and it's, it's not until he actually finds her mother uh, that he he kind of realises and remembers what happened that night. Because he, he got drugged. Like, you know, uh, yeah. you know Paul Rudd, the, the, the star of the hit uh, horror sequel Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers, uh, he... Oh, yeah, that's where you're going. <laughs> I just love bringing that up because it's like an absolute garbage film, and people people know Paul Rudd from so many things. But I like to bring that up. <laughs> just a reminder. It's also a sign that the man is barely aged in you know twenty years because you go back to that movie and he looks a bit younger, but he's not like. It's it's. I think what it is. It's one of those. Okay, this is a reminder of humble beginnings. Even mm. people who we we associate as now, these are great actors. Yeah, they've all got some shit in their repertoire. Yeah. Yeah. That said, he's taking small roles these days as well with that man. No. Oh. You laughed. You laughed. You can't take that back. I laughed, laughed at the that. atrociousness of it. <laughs> I, just, I, I laughed that you had the, the, the balls to think that was worth saying. That said, he had a much bigger role in Civil War. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Come on. Come on. This is, go- this is gold. It's not gold. It's comedy gold. It's not. It's it's really not. Oh, God. So, here's something I don't want to ever see again. I don't want to see Justin Thoreau with his stupid Steve Jobs haircut eyeing up underage kids. That's what I do not want. Oh, man. How much... He must have been paid a lot to have done this. You know, imagine reading this script going, right, okay, you've got to be a paedophile and you've got to be really creepy and it's not justified for any reason. See, I think that's kind of the appeal, though, almost as an actor. Like, I think partly is... I mean, A, we don't know what else was in the script. Maybe stuff got cut that made it more uh-huh. make more sense, whatever. But I think as an actor, I think the temptation is there to take these really difficult roles where, oh, I'll be a pedophile. Like, that's a really dark... No, I get that. Yeah. But if I'm do- if you're doing that, you want it to be in a script where it's like, oh, no, 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 this is- there's a good reason for this. Sure, maybe he just isn't very good at picking scripts. <laughs> I don't know, maybe... Uh, maybe he needs a better agent. Maybe, maybe he does. But, like, it's just... Oh my god! And this is the thing. Like, we're, we're, I think I had it focused more on him, like Leo just try to find his girlfriend and just like having him try to be a detective, but he can't speak, and just all the problems that that would encounter. Like, cut it down to ninety minutes, make it a more of a silent film because no one else, like, he's not speaking to anyone the entire time. Like, it was it was baffling my mind that this was cutting away to a subplot. Like I, I never thought that would happen. See, see, when you told me the premise of this, and you to- and I saw the trailer, even it never occurred to me for a second that we'd be spending almost as much screen time, if not more, with other characters when he's not even in the scene. That that's the thing. I I don't even know if I can say he's the lead because, or which one's the main plot and which is the subplot. I mean, I know that the the him being mute is the main plot because that's what you know the the premise is billed as. But it's it the main feel like. For the first thirty minutes, it is the the entire opening with him and the you know with Nadir and uh, yeah, sure. like it does focus on him for the first thirty minutes. Once it gets past that point, though, it becomes largely the the Paul Rudd and uh, Justin Thoreau show. Yeah, it's just it's very very weird. It's a weird structure of a film. It doesn't flow very well. Uh, is it at times boring? Other times it's just fascinatingly sh- like bizarre. Like wh- why why did they make these choices? Well. I have a question. Why? Why can he fight so well? Like you know, where did he get all this training? He's a bartender, and he's taking down all these army guys. No problem. Um, what else do the Amish do all day? They learn. They learn. Uh, <laughs> they learn martial arts. Really? 
Really? That's what they do, is it? Amish fur. I, I don't know how to respond to that. Take one Amish. You're running out. <laughs> well, uh, forgive me for Amish not neatly fitting into any known martial arts <laughs> names. <laughs> it is a bit of an awkward word, isn't it? Uh, uh, I can't think of one. I'm trying how, really hard. How inconsiderate of them. I know, how inconsiderate. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, I, but obviously, yeah, the the, the, the troubled paedophile plot is the most memorable thing for all the wrong reasons. Like, yeah. it, it is baffling to me that this was thought to be a good idea or that it was thought that it added anything to the film. Other, other than cheap, um, like, threat, where you think, oh, he's going to get the door. Like, that, that is... The, the, and it's really cheap. It feels cheap. You feel kind of dirty when you when it gets to that point because you're like, oh, like... Do, do, do you know what the worst part is? If you remove him being a paedophile and they have a you know they have a, an argument, confrontation over you know, anything else... I'm leaving. He doesn't want him to leave. Sure. His threat of, I'm going to be the one to look after your daughter and I'm not going to raise her the way you would is still a pretty good threat to a father. Hmm, yeah. Like... Uh, you know, like uh, so, it's like it's it's unnecessary. Even even for that moment, it, it doesn't add anything for me. Here's the thing. I I mean, obviously take out Duck, but even even like Cactus. As much as some of his stuff earlier on is kind of amusing, like I don't think we should have even met. Like, maybe we see him, we see him in the bar at the start. Like Leo sees him like in an early scene. Like that's fine. But we shouldn't have been cutting away to him. I feel like we shouldn't even have even met him until Leo tracks him down for the case. Yeah, I can see maybe early on in the bar, you know, when he's around, uh, Nadia's around, you know, have a bit of a, you know, moment with them. Foreshadows, perhaps, that they had a relationship. Yeah, because there's no foreshadowing that they had a relationship at all in this. No, uh, just give, give me, so I don't want any deep thing, but just, you know, just around the bar, just a conversation, mm-hmm. a moment. That's yep. it. Yep, yep, yep. And, yeah, and just, like, have him not, then, like, go go away, right? And only interact with them from Leo's perspective when he encounters them. Uh, I don't think we needed all this extra stuff with him. He could just be the menacing guy who, you know, got jealous, didn't want his, the mother to take the daughter away, so he killed her in a rage. And Leo can discover that later on. It may not be as complex or as wacky, but it would actually let his focus just on the, the style and the tension of trying to find, like, is she still alive? And when she isn't, like, can we save the daughter? Because now the daughter's stuck with this evil father. Like, Yeah. Do you know what the thing like, is? You know when it gets to a point where it's like, oh, she's dead, I'm like, do you know what? I don't even care. Because it's been so long of of that I've been spent with the, these other guys that I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and honestly, I was kind of deflated that she was dead. Like, I think had it just been searching for her, um, and because then you have the idea that he, he sees the mother and the daughter, and he can raise her and help her. He can be there for her in a, in a way, right? Mm. And that can be kind of sweet. Like I can see that again. I can see that working. Like when he finds her dead, but like by the time it does happen, like I was convinced she had to be alive in some way. Otherwise, like what would be possible? He never gets to like confront her or like about anything. I mean, I know he says early on, "Oh, as long as you don't want to leave me, then nothing else is important." But like. You found out she's got a daughter, and like all this other shit she's been doing. There's, there's so much drama to go with it, isn't there? Yeah. Um, whereas if you just if you kept out, like she had a bit of a, a rocky past with, with with Paul Rudd, right? Fine, and set that up for 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 him being wanting to come and kill her, sure. But like they they, they go far too into like oh it it's almost the like the the the, the Twin Peaks thing, right? 
Obviously, Twin Peaks did it better, but even that's it's a little bit silly when they start looking into Laura Palmer's last like few days, like just how much shit she does in a week that they can look into. So she, is, she, yeah. she does meals on wheels. She helps out uh, to her this kid, and she does this at night. And, and that that spends a long time going through these. Not yeah. oh, let's do them all in two hours. And she, and she has like three boyfriends. <laughs> like there's so much to go through that it was a bit, bit silly, but you know it spent its time and. You know, whatever. It's and, fine. and also, the the general tone of that was quite quirky. So oh, yeah, it kind absolutely. of got a pass. Whereas this isn't quirky. Yeah, no, it, it fits what it's doing in Twin Peaks. Yeah. Whereas, whereas here, it feels like it's building up all this stuff that never really gets to pay off in any real way. No, it it doesn't. Um, I have very little positive to say about this film. The music. The, the general style of the look, not the not necessarily the direction, because I, I don't think it's particularly strong, given that what what I know he can do. Oh yeah, definitely, it felt more TV esque than than Moon does for sure. It's it's fine. There's nothing like, uh, really wrong with it, but it's not. It doesn't feel like a like, oh, this is a strong, competent director. Uh, it's actually it's even in the uh, the Netflix TV ratio. Actually, I noticed that. Yeah, which yeah. is actually bizarre for a movie. I, I, I feel like I don't see that too much for a movie. Uh, but so that's that's the thing. Um, I like. I mean, I, I kind of like Leo. Like, I, I've seen complaints that he like the not talking just comes across as I'm trying to be a badass, and I don't know if I entirely agree with that. Like, I feel like I do get kind of this innocence to him, like where he is like c- completely innocent in this world around him that is just completely corrupt and devoid of any soul. <laughs> I, I I don't think that it just makes him cough as a badass. I just think that. He, I find him really boring as a, as a lead character. Boring's fair. Yeah, boring other than oh yeah, okay, he's innocent. I don't think he's got much to him. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have a lot to him. But I think you could play with that. You could play that there's not much to him. Uh, the movie just never. I, 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 and I thought it would though. Like early on, I thought, oh, we're going to play with the idea that he's really naive and innocent, and compared to everyone else, he's not really got anything else going on, and it just never does. So early on in the movie, I liked him well enough. It was. No, no. But, but once it started cutting to other things, and it came back to him, and it was like, okay, because ultimately when it got to the, got to the end of the movie, and he's like, he's in the car, and he ends up you know tackling the thingy off the bridge. All I felt like was, okay, what's the point anymore? What, what's what's happening? And then we get that final scene with the the girl where he sees the bracelet and he gives her the the new sculpture of the seahorse, and it's he smiles at her, and I'm like, and again, this final scene with a better movie before it, I can see this final scene being really effective. On its own, the final scene is absolutely perfect, or great even. It just doesn't, you don't feel anything because none of the build-up is there to actually give it the feeling. But on its own, if you just look at it as this payoff of what should have came before it, it would work fine. No, that's fair. I I can't really argue with that. And and this is what I'm saying, where there's like key scenes in the movie, there's like, you know, four or five scenes throughout the movie where the scenes themselves would be perfect if this, the build-up to them actually was there to have it be the payoff to it. Instead, mm. this whole pairing thing at the end just feels tacked on. It does, it does. So I mean, it, it, it says a lot about my lead character where Duck, who is an awful person, an awful <laughs> character in that sense, but there's more going on. Yeah, well, let's, let's clarify that. He's an awful person, but he can still be a great character, but he's also a yeah. terrible character. <laughs> Yeah, but still more going on than than our lead. Yeah, I, I, I'm going. Well, at least this is interesting to watch. Yeah, but once it crosses the line, it's proper creepy. I don't know. I, like, I think I'd rather have the boring guy than the 
the one who's <laughs> no, that, that, creeping me out. That, that is fair. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll take bad bit interesting if it's like just terrible, over boring. Yeah. Sure, yeah. but like that that level of creepy. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. No, no, I, I I can't defend that because it's just oh, I, I don't. I, I'm so disappointed in this movie. I really am. I think this is genuinely the, the first huge disappointment of the year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Hey ho! <laughs> here's here's hoping that further movies will 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 cheer us up in 2018. <laughs> it, it's gonna go up from here, right? I... Uh, we've got March. We've got Tomb Raider, Pacific Rim, and I think what Ready Player One. Hopefully, at least yeah, one of those will do, mm. do something for me. Uh, I'm really, yeah. I'm really hopeful for Pacific Rim. Actually, out of those three, that's the one that I'm most likely thinking I'm going to like that. I'm going to have I fun agree. with that. I'm just saying, what else we got in terms of you know, so we got Annihilation. Of course, yeah. Uh, mm. That better not suck because that's another you know director that I really liked. Did a low budget sci fi movie a couple yeah. of years ago. Yeah. So, so that better not suck. So uh, I, 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 I'm a little concerned now after this. But we'll see. I shouldn't be because they're, they're, one does not impact the other. It doesn't. It just puts you in a mood. It puts you. It just makes you sceptical. It does. It uh, does. But hey Hopefully, Duncan Jones can have his splits soon because it's starting to feel like he's going down an M Night Shyamalan <laughs> career path of of turds. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. unfortunate. Of course, I, I said at the start, I have not seen Warcraft. I am merely, I am merely going based on reputation of that I, film. I, th- I feel like I'm going to watch Warcraft just out of morbid curiosity. I don't, really, I, I don't think it can be as bad as this. It, it looks. I think it looks. I think it it'll be more boring, boring. But unoffensive. I think it'll look more. Bo- I think it'll be more boring than this, though. Quite possibly. I think it'll be duller to sit through, and I think it's longer as well. Oh, is it? Uh, it can go on in the background. <laughs> Uh, but hey, that's uh, that's mute. Uh, I mean, I, I I came in saying I was more positive, but as we've talked about it, I don't think I've actually. I, I told you I'd drag you down. I've really shown that I am that positive on it. I think. I, mean, I guess we're at ratings then. Well, really, let's let's properly plant our feet in the sand and say where we are. So, what are you giving it out of ten? Uh, okay, so it gets a point for the for the the three main actors. It gets a point for Clint Mansell. It gets a point for having a nice looking city. So three out of ten. Oofed. Um, I don't think I can go quite as low as three. Because, you know, keep in mind, I've given a lot of three out of tens. I do, I do streams after midnight. I've watched a lot of bad horror movies. I know what a three out of ten is. I know what a one out of ten is. Uh, oh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going uh, that far. This is yeah. clearly better than a one. Um, it's too competent in other ways. I mean, obviously not in a script way, but... Um, 4.5. Feels very generous. 4.5. Because I, I think... There's the moments I like, there's the ideas I like, the music's good, as we said. Got some good actors. And then you've got... And it, see, see, if you had that and then it was just mediocre, I'd probably give it like a 5.5, maybe even a 6 at a stretch. But then you add in the problematic pedophile stuff, and it's like, oh no, that's dragging it down. <laughs> that's, that's going well, down another I, I think when, you know, when 5 is average, I think this is a downright bad movie. Like, So I don't think, I think it's being so close to 5 is like baffling to me. I disagree that 5 is average. I don't think I agree with that. that five, 5 by definition is average. 
That's it's in the middle. It's oh, this is average. Above that is good. Below that is no, bad. No, that, but that, that, that's assuming that you rate movies based on the idea that the like the best movie ever is a ten, the worst movie ever is a one, and then everything else is scaled the, henceforth. By definition, five is average. I will if, fight on If it. I look at all the movies I've ever rated, I will guarantee you that it doesn't work out to an average of five. Well, I don't know, but all the movies you've rated you might not work out to an average of five because, you know, maybe you, you watch more bad movies, you watch more movies that you actively like. But as a rule, five should be, okay, this is an average movie. That's the benchmark. And then you work from there. Nah, five feels more harsh than average. No, it doesn't. I feel, I feel but, like average, average is more like a 6.5. No, no, no. Six, <laughs> so, you know, so five is like, okay, five is average. Don't get me wrong, okay. Numerically, five is average between one and ten. I'm not disputing the math of this. I'm saying I don't necessarily think that rating movies or other media necessarily says that five is the middle score in the sense that that's the average of what, what the media does. It's the middle score in terms of its middle between good and bad. Well, there you go. So it's, it's so, okay, this is an average score. So this is, if it's the middle between good and bad, that should be your benchmark. That is, okay, if it's if it's not good, but it's not bad, that's five. It's the if median. It's bad, it's I'll give you median. It's the median score. Median is a type of average. <laughs> Don't the... go back to doing maths. <laughs> All right, fine. The mean is not five, but the median is five. That, that I can't argue with. But me saying at five is average, and you going, well, the media, that, I'm still correct in saying average in that sentence. Look, the point I'm making is that there's still there's too many things that I can see that I like in there to go as low as a three. I didn't hate it that much. I wasn't, I wasn't pulling my hair out watching it, right? I wasn't at a three out of ten. It was bad. Elements of it are downright terrible. But there's moments of hope in there. I can see Dun- I can see the real Duncan Jones in there. I can see little flourishes of moments of Duncan Jones, and I want that Duncan Jones. Oh, I want that Duncan Jones too. Just, just this wasn't it. All right, a three and a four point five. That is, I mean, that's averaging out there to about three point three point seven five, right? Yeah, yeah. That's not a good score. That's the mean. Do 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 you, do you think? Do you think coming into this, we, we, we were hoping for an average between us of 3.75? We were not. Oh, no. We, uh, I mean... And if you told again, me it was, it was that average, I would have been hoping that you were like 1 out of 10 and I'd be up somewhere else high <laughs> so that I'd be, you know, it'd be balancing out there. Yeah, if you told me that was the general reception, I'd be like, well, maybe this will be one of those times I don't agree with critics. Nah. If anything, we were on the higher end. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm seeing lots of one stars floating around when I, I mean, looked afterwards. Two is, is, is a touch too harsh, even for me. I mean, but... Man, this... I, I can't get over that the man who made Moon... Shout out this, somehow. That's mute. Let us know what you think of the movie in the comments below. And I think the conversation of what, how Netflix's batting average for movies now seems to be at an absurdly low number. Uh, that's a conversation for another day. But uh, that is that is mute. So let us know what you thought of it in the comments. Like, subscribe, all the usual stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head over to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. There'll be a link in the description. Uh, and we love you loads if you do that. But that is us. So thank you once again for watching. Keep watching movies. And we'll see you next time.